Welcome to Momentum Church. How many there are some things you just don't want to be too honest about? I think every one of us in this room. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at some, some things that are um, going to get us in the area of transparency. It's going to get us in the area of just being real and being open. And um, today, I want to start with, if I'm being honest, and you know, you saw the little video there with, with the two with masks on. And so I kind of want to jump into this. If I am being honest, I want people to see me for the best that I am, not the worst. Am I alone in that? And I think we learn that from the various youngest age in elementary school, trying to present ourselves the best we can and not the worst. And, and yesterday I had an opportunity, I went running, and um, some of you guys know I'm preparing for a race in October. Again, I don't know if I'll accomplish it or not. It's a 50K ultra marathon, and so 31 miles, and um, I don't know if I'll be able to accomplish it, but I'm working hard to get there. And so yesterday I was at Kennesaw Mountain, and I'm wanted to run a half marathon yesterday, and I fueled up for a half a marathon, I watered up for a half a marathon, I've got food in my, I got like a, a, a peanut butter roll up, you know, like a, a little mini peanut butter burrito, and um, that'll make you dry. I'm running, I'm like, I'm gagging, I'm gagging, I'm trying to breathe here, you know? And, um, and here's what was funny about it, is, is as I'm running and I'm starting to get tired, you know, I would start to, you know, get like this. But then I look way ahead and I see somebody coming and they had their athletic vest on too, like their running vest. And as they were getting closer, man, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm showing it, you know? It's like, yeah, I, I'm with you. And they leave and I'm just like, oh God, have mercy. Lord, am I gonna be able to do this or not, you know? And, and, and there was this mask I wanted to put on. I don't know why, I will never see them again, but I didn't want them to see me at that moment going, oh gosh, it's 12 miles and I still got a few to go, you know? And then it got even worse. I, I remember I come up a hill and the kind of running I'm doing, you would almost look at it like jogging and like hills, you kind of, you power hike up the hills, you know? Because if you're going 30 miles, 50 miles and such like that, you can't run the whole time or you'll die, especially when you're 50. And so I'm climbing up this hill, and at the top of the hill, it's level. And there's this old guy, and he's just cruising, you know? And as I get to the top of the hill, he's like, you got this, buddy. You know, and, and I should have just been like, thank you, geezer. <laughs> but I didn't. You know, why? Because I want people to see me for the best that I am. So as I'm coming up the hill, he's like, you got this. And I mean, I'm just like, oh God, I gotta get up this hill. And I'm getting ready to run again. And I'm like, I had to be like, yeah, I just ran 14. I got a couple more to go. Why did I say that? Like, he didn't care. I just want him to know that I wasn't just schlepping it up the hill. Like, no, there's more back here. So I put this mask. I had to let him know. I want him to see me in the best of light, not the worst of light. Does that make sense? So let me say it this way, if I'm being honest, often, not just me, we often hide behind various masks, letting others see only what we want them to see. Every one of us has different masks. You know, some of us in this room, you'll have the mask of busyness, and you keep yourself busy, trying not to think about all the stuff that you're dealing with in life. If I can just keep myself busy and people see, oh my gosh, you're so busy, and there's always activity, you're always doing, 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 then, then with that, if I can just keep myself busy, then people will think I'm okay, but the truth of the matter is they don't know and they don't realize I'm falling apart on the inside. But if I can just keep myself busy, or if I can just keep myself productive, 
If I can just keep myself active, nobody will realize how much pain I really have that I'm carrying on the inside, you know. Maybe it's the mask of happiness. Man, I'm prone to this mask. You know, you put on a smile and you pretend like everything's okay. You know, just, just, oh, and maybe at church, we're so prone to this. How you doing? Blessed and highly favored. Man, life is like, oh, guys, listen, I stepped in dog poop this morning. I'm serious. I did not feel blessed and highly favored. My geriatric dog, she's, she's 14 on September 1st. And, and she's just starting to have some issues once in a while, you know? And it was like, oh, you know, you, starting out a Sunday saying a cuss word ain't good. No, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't cuss. I didn't. I didn't. It wasn't Amy stepping in the dog poop. It was me. No. How are you doing? Blessed and highly favored. A little stinky on my foot, but blessed and highly favored. No, we, we put on this happiness mask, this happiness face. And here's the bad thing about that. Even at times, you put it on, and even your spouse or closest friends, they don't know how dark it might even be inside. I mean, I, I don't want to trivialize. I know I like to bring humor, but truth of the matter is, there's people with a happiness mask on right now that, that you've contemplated this week ending it all. Man, I mean, that's just, it's, it's, it's the mass. We don't want people to see us at our worst. We want them to see us at our best. And so some of us put on that happiness mask. Or how about the social mask? You know, the, the, you go out and you have a good time. You pretend like you're fine. And no one knows inside how insecure you really are. How, how much you doubt yourself. Or maybe afraid in the moment. Or, or maybe you carry a sense of shame. And you hide it well with that social mask. Like nobody realizes how... Shame-filled, my heart is. They're masks that we wear. Why? Because we want people to see us at our best, not at our worst. And if we're being honest, we hide behind various masks at times. And this is something that started in the garden. It started way long ago. Let's stand to our feet. We, we want to look at the Word of God just for a moment as we get into this. We'll be going back and forth into Scripture, but I like to honor God's Word by standing first. It starts off in Genesis 2, 24 through 25. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. They were both naked and not ashamed. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that today through this time, you'll lift shame. You'll lift the burden of, of us having to present ourselves in such a way that, that hides the part of us that needs healed, that hides the part of us that needs strengthened. Lord God, just visit with us as we talk today. In Jesus' name, amen. You can have your seats. God creates man and woman, and what's beautiful about it, we see the passage, it'll say that they were bone of bone and flesh of flesh. That means there's a level of intimacy, a level of openness a level of comfortability that is between that man and woman that nothing kind of stands in the way of. And that intimacy, it drives this sense for them that they were naked and not ashamed. I don't know about y'all, I like the lights off. You know what I'm saying? I'm serious. I think that's just, that goes all the way back to Genesis. But at this moment, you know, it's like Adam's like, here I am. You know, they're naked and not ashamed. Eve, she's not like, oh, don't look at me. You know, she, no. 
they are naked and not ashamed. Not just naked and not ashamed physically, but they were naked and not ashamed, I believe, emotionally, like intimately. They were bone of bone, flesh of flesh, purely and, and fully present to each other until sin came, okay? And we're going to walk through this here. But let's go with the idea of no shame. They had no shame. You know what shame, the Hebrew word for shame, it doesn't just mean shame. It it means like to feel disappointed, to feel confused, to feel dry on the inside, all those kinds of things. These people in their place of intimacy, in their place of openness to each other, there wasn't dryness. They felt alive and open to each other and needs are being met and and there wasn't that dryness there wasn't that sense of confusion that sense of disappointment that idea of of being not ashamed they literally were absent of everything that separated themselves like there was nothing there separating them they were fully present to each other no shame no games when we start wearing masks we start playing games No shame, no games, and no, everybody say no masks. Yeah. But we know the story. God said you can eat of every tree, but the day you eat of this tree, you will die. We know that word die did not mean physical death. It meant separation from God. And so they eat, they don't follow. They had all these provisions to go after, and they went after the one thing they shouldn't have gone after. That one thing in the garden that was a mark that gave them free will. God needed us to have that free will. He didn't want to demand love of us, so you have everything I have, but not this. And this here you stay away from. And the day you do, it brings separation. And they chose that in their nature. They chose it. And we know the story, what happens in Genesis chapter 2, or no, chapter 3, verse 7. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. I mean, instantly, it was like something happened in that moment, and a vulnerability became very present within them. A sense of, 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 of confusion, a sense of shame started to come upon them in that moment, and they did something about it. They f- sewed fig leaves together, and they made themselves loincloths. In other words, in that moment, I know it, it, you're like, Ross, that mask is on a different spot of the body. I, I get that. I get that. I get that. But they made loincloths. They made something that masked their nakedness. They covered their sense of nakedness, their sense of vulnerability. Why? They wanted to mask their shame. They felt in that moment shame. And here's the thing. Shame is the consequence of the guilt of sin, partly, okay? Some of us feel shame for sin that was perpetrated against us. Some of us feel shame for sins that we have committed. But normally shame, it is a consequence of the guilt of of sin. Now, if sin was perpetrated against you, man, I'm praying God today will lift that guilt from you, all right? That's not a guilt that you need to own, all right? But every one of us, when we sin, there is the consequence of that guilt, and that is shame. Before human disobedience, there was no shame. But as soon as man began to disobey, a self-consciousness changed. They became aware of their insecurity. They became aware of being undone, a sense of vulnerability, a sense of, everybody say nakedness. Nobody wants to be naked in public, amen? No, and so with it, we start to throw mad. My heart starts to feel naked. My heart starts to feel vulnerable. And so in that moment, I've got to throw up a mask. I need a loincloth. I need some fig leaves. I need to cover this nakedness. 
And see, Adam and Eve, their sense of shame, it caused them to want to cover themselves, hiding themselves from the very one they were supposed to be the most intimate with. I'm not talking about God yet. Obviously, they hid from God. I'm talking about each other. Think about that. I don't know if we ever think about that. We think about them hiding from God, but the relationship they had with each other was one of bone of bone, flesh of flesh. It doesn't get more intimate than a husband and a wife. And this sin brought that guilt, that brought that shame, that caused them to hide themselves. The animals didn't care they were naked, right? They were hiding themselves from who? I don't think Adam and Eve cared that the the animals saw them naked. I think they were hiding themselves from the relationship they had with, with each other. And then obviously we'll see here in a second, they hid themselves from God. But think about the benefit that comes from that level of intimacy and openness and vulnerability with another person. And instantly they felt so much shame. Do you see how much the enemy wants to rob you from the best of relationships? I'm jumping into next week's sermon a little bit. I'm sorry. But the enemy wants to steal from you. And if he can cause you to hide behind a mask and not present who you really are in that moment, man, it eats away at you on the inside. And that is Satan's shame game. Everybody say shame game. I kind of want to show you how it works because Satan does have a a, a pattern. I'll put them all up on the screen, all right? Let's just throw them all up there, and then we're going to break these down looking at Scripture, all right? So when it comes to Satan's shame game, you experience something painful or sinful, okay? So something has been done to you that causes shame or something you have done that brings guilt that causes shame but that's the first thing there's an experience say experience now when you come out of that and you begin to connect what happened with who you are so it's not just i have done this sin it's that now i am a sinner does that make sense you begin to connect. It's not just that I went through this tragedy, but now I am a, 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 I'm marked by that tragedy for life. It becomes something that didn't just happen to you. It's, 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 it's becoming who you are. And then the third thing is when you start to feel that, that's when the masks go up. You believe the only way to be safe, the only way to guard against vulnerability, the only way people are going to like you, the only way that geezer is going to see value in me coming up is that, oh, I've already ran. 14, you know, and you start to hide. Everybody say hide. So the only way to be safe is you start to to hide. And here's the thing. We saw it with Adam and Eve. They begin to hide from God. That was the first thing. But we hide. And I know I did that. I felt called into ministry at a very young age. You know, I don't know if I've told you that whole story, but literally I was 10 years old and evangelist was at our church and I went forward. You know, we have a prayer line here up here and I went forward and I remember I was over here on this side of the prayer line and Buddy Still, he was the preacher and, and he laid hands on me and then he went on to the next person and he went on to the next person. I don't know how many people he got down, but the power of God touched me as a 10-year-old, and I was slain in the spirit. I know you might think that's weird, but God knocked me on my back. Nobody caught me either, because they went on praying for people, you know? And, um, and so when I was down and out, if you will, when I was there, I saw myself, I talked with my hands. Have you noticed that? And so when I was there, I saw myself with my eyes talking like this to people, you know? And I, and I come to, and I was like, I'm going to be a preacher. And all my life, I'm going to be a preacher, I'm going to be a preacher, I'm going to be a preacher. And then in high school, I think it was my sophomore year, you had all the Jimmy Baker stuff and the Jimmy Swagger stuff and all the things that happened like that. And, and I was just like, if these guys can't get it together, how am I ever going to get it together, right? 
So as soon as I graduated, I started hiding from God. Because I thought if I could hide from God, he would lift that call off my life. And I began to pursue things that were worldly. Because if I can live in sin, I could. So I put this mask on of, of going to the party, of doing this. It never felt completely real. It never felt quite right. Because God inside was like, that's not who you are. But on the outside, I was, just, I, I was putting the social mask on. you know, Trying to run from what God was calling me to be. And I was hiding from God. Some people will hide when they put the mask on of atheism. Some people will hide when they put the mask on of agnosticism. I'm an agnostic. You know? I, 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 I understand there could be, but I'm not going to worry about that. I'm an atheist. I've, I've come to that place where God doesn't exist. You know, I, I get that. To me, some of that is a mask, so I don't have to deal with stuff. That's eternal. So hiding from God. Number two, we'll find ourselves hiding from addiction. Hiding from addiction. June Hunt, she said this, within the heart of every addict is a sense of shame. Shame because of feeling unlovable, unworthy, and unwanted. Shame resulting from repeated failure. Repeated failure. Guys, I can't tell you how many January, not first, because that's New Year's Day. I'm getting my food on. But January 2nd, it's going to be a new year. It's going to be a new year. Man, I, I just would go down that rabbit hole and go down there for 15 years, down that rabbit hole, down that rabbit hole, down that rabbit hole, until I was 300 pounds. And, and, and this week, I, I don't post a lot of before and after pictures, and this week I did, and, and one of my guys I know, he goes, I don't remember you being that big. And I said, he goes, I don't remember seeing you that big. That's what he said. I don't remember seeing you that big. And I think what I wrote back was something like, it's because I didn't want to be seen. Man, that last year, that last year, man, I, every picture, I'm like, if this is Amy, I'm hiding behind her, you know? She ain't that big, but I was trying, I hide half myself behind her, you know? Or I wouldn't be in pictures at all. I really have no pictures of myself at, at 300 pounds, you know? I think the picture I posted was about 285, and when I got there, I'm like, I'm done. I'm not, I don't want to be in photos no more. I don't want, I don't think I have any that was at 300. I was running. I was hiding behind that mask of addiction, just trying, and I was finding myself that year, that last year, not wanting to be at parties, not wanting to be at events, not wanting to be around anybody I didn't have to be around. That's not me, but I was hiding behind a mask of isolation. Why? Because I was hiding with my addictions. Does that make sense? That wasn't who I was. It's who I became because I started hiding behind a mask, you know? Number three, people will hide behind hurts. Maybe as you hide behind hurts, maybe it's the mask of timidity, you know, you've been hurt so much and you won't stand up for yourself and you just hide behind this mask of timidity and you acquiesce to everything and you, you placate all the time because it's just easier because you've been hurt and you don't feel valuable enough to stand up for your own dang self. And so you hide behind a mask of timidity. If I don't rock the boat, the boat won't be rocked. And I just hide behind that mask. Maybe some of you, you've been hurt and so you hide behind the mask of isolation. If I can just keep separate from everybody, I won't be hurt anymore. How about this one? I wasn't going to say this because I have a lot of people in my life by this name that I love. But the mask of Karen. <laughs> a lot of times the most boisterous people in your life that are just so aggressive with everything. Like everything's a fight. 
they're hiding behind a mask of anger. Like this, this it protects them because there's been hurt in the past. And so I'm, I'm going to come out and I'm going to get you before you get me. Jesus, bless all the Karens in our life. You know? Give us a passion and a heart to see them for the brokenness that they carry. Amen? Because a lot of that, y'all, is just, it's just a mask hiding behind hurt. By God, I won't let nobody hurt me again. I won't let nobody take advantage of me again. I won't t- and, and we get that boisterousness. Maybe you hide from yourself. And you mask your emotions by busyness. You mask your emotions. This is a big one that I would do through accomplishments. You know, I got to really bring it on Sunday. And then I can feel good about myself. And you know, I'm, can I be really open with you guys? Is that okay? <clears throat> I can remember, and I, and I broke myself of this the last few years. But I can remember rarely preaching a sermon on Sunday and going home happy. I just go home like, crap. I just, why am I even doing this? And I would badmouth myself. And one day, Amy, she just laid it out on me. She goes, stop talking about my pastor that way. And I was like, baby. She's like, no, I'm serious. I sit there and I hear you preach the word of God and it touches me as your wife. And I'm a parishioner too. And then I get home and you badmouth my pastor. Stop talking about my pastor that way. But all my emotions were tied up in that sense of accomplishment. Now, if I didn't feel like I rang the bell, then it would ruin me, guys, until the next Sunday when I had an opportunity to ring the bell again. The mask of accomplishment, you know, feeling that I was hiding behind myself in a sense, like I'm hiding from myself, that sense of insecurity and all those things. So that's how Satan's shame game works as far as he drives us into a place of hiding. Now, what I want to do as we continue to go, I want to walk through these things, okay? That, that, that first, I want to lead into with a verse, and then we're going to look at you experience something painful or sinful. In Genesis 2, 15 through 17, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in that day you eat of it you will die. And we know he ate, and because of that he experienced, he had an experience linked to something sinful. There was an action that he did that he knew he wasn't supposed to, and he had an experience linked to something sinful. Or... For some of us in this room, it may not be some sin perpetrated against us. Like I said, it could be something that, that I'm sorry, not a sin that we, we did, but a sin perpetrated against us. And there was an experience that you had of something painful. But that's where the shame game starts. So I want you to think in your head, has there been an experience in your life or sin in your life that caused you to start to feel that sense of guilt and shame? Begin to think about what that might be. Because that's the precursor to putting on masks, the precursor to going into hiding. You know, maybe for you is when you got married, you were sure it was going to last forever. You never thought you'd end up in a divorce. And now you're a divorced person. And you're sitting there like, this wasn't going to be me. I I wanted my marriage. I fought for my marriage. And I lost my marriage. And that experience starts to do something to you. Maybe for you and many of us in this room, the economy has turned, isn't, hasn't it? And as the economy has turned, so has your finances. 
And now you can't do what you normally do or have what you normally have. And the problem with that is it's not about the money. It's that it feels personal. It feels like, what's wrong with me? And now it's just the whole economy is what it is right now. Something a little more deep, more painful and deep, I mean, for sure. Maybe as a young person, you were molested. Or maybe you were taken advantage of as you were a little bit older, but you were taken advantage of. And you just, you don't know if you can get past that. There's an experience of pain, something done to you that you just don't know if you can get past it. All I'm saying is that's where the shame game, the shame game begins. At that place, you experience something painful or sinful. Then, number two, you connect what happened, that experience or that sin, you connect it with who you are. So it's not just, they left me, now it's, I hate that I'm divorced. I couldn't hold it together. I let everyone down. I'm just not good enough for anyone. You begin to connect what happened with who you are. You know, how how can I say no to buying what the kids need right now? I know finances are tight, but I I don't want to let them down. I feel like a bad parent because we're getting ready to go into school and I can't get them the stuff they want. I'm sorry, you're not getting Nikes, you're getting zips. But I want my kid to have Nikes, you know? And I feel less because of it. Or, Or how do I ditch going out with friends when I know I really can't afford it right now? They'll think I'm a failure. I gotta hide, I gotta put a mask. I, like, I just can't right now. I can't do that. I don't, and I don't wanna be open with that because I don't wanna look needy. I don't wanna look less. And I, I don't. And so we begin in a second, we'll see, we go into hiding. Maybe when it came to that person that was molested or took an advantage, taken advantage of, I didn't do anything wrong. But why did this happen to me? And I feel dirty. And I feel like it was my fault. And if I wouldn't have got in that car, if I wouldn't have drank that drink, if I wouldn't have. And so it goes from just what happened to you to who you are. It starts to hit home. That shame game starts to go deep. And so what about shame that comes from having been the one that has committed sin, though? You know, because some of us here, we have shame that comes from guilt from sin. What, What about that? The one that's done something wrong. Sheila Walsh said this, guilt tells me I've done something wrong. Okay, listen, and I'm not here to to lift that burden of sin. The blood of Jesus lifts that burden of sin. Amen? Hmm. But she says, guilt tells me I've done something wrong. Shame tells me I am something wrong. Do you catch the difference? Guilt has to do with behavior, while shame is a matter of identity. The enemy... He wants to strike you twice. He wants something done against you or he wants you to sin. Then he wants for the rest of your life to beat you with that, whether it was something you were culpable of or something somebody did against you. He wants that sin to shape your identity. They were naked and not ashamed. And then they were a place of vulnerability and it began to shape their identity. That's the shame game. That's what the enemy wants. He wants that guilt to be tied to the simple things that you've done, whereas shame, or rather, guilt is tied to the simple things that we've done, whereas shame is the continuous experience of utter remorse over who I am. Like, I just, I'm I'm awful, I'm this, I'm that. No, you're the righteousness of God, you know? You're the delivered, you're the the redeemed. I'm not saying that, that, that you're perfect by no means, 
But that which has been done against you, God can heal. That which you have done, God can forgive. Amen? And in both situations, God can restore. But to be restored, we have to be fully present. To be restored, we got to go back to a place of vulnerability. we got to go back to a place of openness. If we continue in hiding, we will miss the restoration of what God wants to do at that place of, in that place of shame. And so Genesis 3.8 they heard the sound of the Lord walking. And I love that. God would come. He only didn't have them intimate with each other. God had an intimate relationship with Adam and Eve and would come and walk in the cool of the evening with them. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. And, and I'm telling you, that, that just, to me, that might be the saddest scripture in all of, of, of all the Bible. God's wanting relationship, and they hide themselves from the presence of the Lord. The very thing that could bring peace and strength and redemption, all that they need, they, 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 they felt so shame-filled that they hid themselves. And so that's the third step in this. You believe the only way to be safe is to hide behind the masks. It goes on in Genesis 3, 9 through 11, but the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And if you read the passage longer, it's like, who told you you were naked? You know, like, 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 like this isn't an identity I've placed on you. This isn't something I want you to bear. But that's how they begin to see themselves. They didn't see themselves as complete and whole, covered literally by the presence of God. Complete and whole, covered literally by the relationship that husband and wife had together that creates a covering over that couple. A covering where shame doesn't have to enter. A covering where vulnerability is present. A covering where intimacy breeds true joy and, 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 and comfort and mutual strength and... and but they saw themselves through a distorted lens. They saw themselves as naked and they felt ashamed, right? Let me say it this way, because many of us in this room, you feel naked and you put on masks to hide that. There's a distortion of truth and you try to cover it up wearing the mask and it's not healing anything. Here's the thing, the longer you view yourselves through a distorted lens, the more likely you are to believe a distorted truth. So something was done to you. No, no, it's not the experience. This is who I am. No, it's not. That's a distorted lens. And the longer you permit the mask, the longer it becomes something to where you get a distorted view of who you are. You struggle with an area of sin. That's just who I am. No, no, as long as you permit that mask, that, 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 that hiding behind addiction, it's causing you to have a distorted view of truth. God wants to come and cover those vulnerable spots in our life. Amen? God wants to come and do a work in our lives to cause us to be whole, that we can be open and vulnerable. And, and this, this month, we're going to be looking next week at relationships. What I, I'm looking forward here in a few weeks. I'm going to be looking at one. Um, if I'm being honest, the Bible's hard to believe. I can't wait to do that one. Ooh, it's going to be a good one. I think the last one I haven't titled yet, but I think it's going to be, if I'm being honest, 
I really enjoy the medicines I'm on. You have to wait. We'll get there. I might make a better title. That's a pretty good title right there. Uh, Watch what Jesus did, or what the Father did, rather. Genesis 3.21, And the Lord made for Adam and for his wife garments of skin, and he clothed them. Their attempts to mask, taking the fig leaves, wasn't going to be enough. Taking the fig leaves to cover was temporary. It, It didn't get to the core of the matter, because the core of the matter was sin that was committed. Or, in maybe your situation, a sin that was perpetrated. But that, that sin that, that brings shame, whether you are culpable or not, that sin that brings guilt, that sin that shapes your identity, that sin that causes a distortion of truth, needed to be dealt with, and God dealt with it by taking an animal, sacrificing that animal, taking the skin from that animal, and creating a covering for Adam and Eve. Does that sound like anything that might have happened on a cross 2,000 years ago when a sacrifice was made and blood was shed to cover the sins to give us a new identity so that we can go from darkness to light, from, from, from pain to, to, to peace, amen? From, from the sense of guilt to the sense of the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ, yeah, that's exactly what happened. This is a foreshadowing of what Jesus did on the cross for us when he covered us and he brought us into the light that we don't have to stay behind the mask of darkness any longer. I I love what 1 John 1, 5 through 7 says. It says, this is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Can you see why the enemy wants to pull you into a place of shame? To pull you into a place where you hide behind masks? Because that's a place of darkness. It says God's light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice truth. Verse 7 says, but walk in the light as he is in the light. And I love this because this will get into next week. Walk in the light. He he doesn't want you to be driven to the place of darkness. That's what the enemy wants. He wants you driven to the place of darkness so that you might find yourself hiding amongst the trees again, away from his presence. And he's like, no, come into the light as I am in the light. Let my presence have a work in you and change you. You don't have to hide behind the masks anymore. You can be real and vulnerable again. Then it goes on. Walk in the light as he is in the light. We have fellowship with one another. We're going to be getting into that next week. There's there's a part of dealing with the things, if we're going to be honest in our lives, that we need each other. We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from what? All sin. All sin. That, That means the sins that you committed. That means the sins that were committed against you, the blood of Jesus has an answer for it. Amen? The enemy would love to cause you that came to a place of being taken advantage of, that came to a place of being done wrong, that came to a, the, the enemy would love for you to be shaped by that so much that you hide behind something and keep from the healing that God has for you. He would love that, to hit you twice, once from the experience And once from taking the experience and making you feel like that's who you are when the blood of Jesus frees us from all sin. Amen? So my question to you, if we're hiding behind a mask, let me ask you, how does God see you? How does God see you? And and I love I had this thought when I was running last week. I was running good that day. 
was by myself. <laughs> Always run better by myself. And the thought was, you know how Jesus was on the cross and he says, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I'm stretching this. This may just be my lack of water and heat stroke. But my thought was, why have you forsaken me? And here's the picture I got. God the Father, he looks down at the cross and he doesn't see Jesus anymore. He doesn't see his son anymore. He sees me. He sees you. He sees the one that is the sinner, the full on sin was upon Jesus. The weight of sin was upon Jesus. Sins I've committed, sins committed against me. Sins you committed and sins committed against you was upon Jesus. And he looks at Jesus and all he sees is you. And Jesus says, why have you forsaken me? Why? God can't look upon sin, right? Innocence. Why have you, Jesus felt forsaken. Here's the thing. Jesus was on the cross naked and became a sacrifice so that you too could return to a place of being naked and not ashamed. Amen? He became naked in a sacrifice so that you too could return to a place of vulnerability. That on the cross, the sins that he carried for you on the cross, you were on the cross in him and your sins were dealt with. You were on the cross in him and all that is forgiven. All the strength of sins committed against you were defeated on the cross. The Bible would say even all the demonic forces, the principalities, all those things, they have been brought to an open shame. They're the ones that shame, not you. Devil's a liar, not you. Amen? You have a new identity in Jesus because the shed blood of Jesus covered everything. And now your nakedness I want you to go home tonight, and when you get naked, I want you to be like, I am naked and not ashamed. I'm serious. Look at yourself in the mirror in all your glory because the blood of Jesus, pow. If you're married, just run into your bedroom, pow. You don't have to live behind a a mask (laughs) because Jesus took care of all of that on the cross. Amen? Hmm. So right now, I just want you to close your eyes and... Put your heads down for a moment. Just in honor of, kind of honor of your time with the Lord right now. This isn't hiding when we put our head down. I want you to close in with him. Is there things in your life that you find that you hide behind masks because of sin that you've committed or sins that have been committed against you? Are there things in your life that you've managed them in a way that you feel naked and ashamed? You feel broken and hiding. I'm not going to have you raise your hand. I just want to pray for you. Jesus, you see my friends here today. Whatever that was, that's not who they are. Whatever experience they faced, that's not their identity. And Lord God, I ask that you lift today that burden that they might too return to you in such a way, feeling naked and unashamed, Feeling, in a sense, vulnerable in the best of ways. Vulnerable and open to receive your healing. To receive your touch. And we do. We bind and rebuke every lie of the enemy that would cause them to stay in darkness. And we speak in the name of Jesus that they would come forth into the light as God is in the light. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.